Welcome back to House of Bravo, where we break down Bravo shows and personalities from a cosmic perspective. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. Each week, we'll uncover the underlying energies shaping the drama both on screen and off, from current astro weather and events to deep dives into Bravo Liberty's energetics. This is your one-stop shop podcast to get your Bravo fix while learning to decode the language of the stars. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy um, Pluto in Aquarius. There has been so many changes since our last episode came out in December. We're already basically at the end of January, and... So many things have changed astrologically and, of course, as above, so below, and we have changes here on the podcast as well. The first change being that my lovely co-host Tasha had some incredible opportunities arise, and she is going to be focusing on those efforts. So currently, I am solo over here in the Cosmic Clubhouse, but not to worry, still going to be putting out episodes and... Things are going to change a little bit around here since it is just me. I'm going to be playing around with the format a little bit. I'm going to be playing around with the types of podcast episodes that I put out. But the podcast is still going to be a focus on Bravo, a focus on the um, drama playing out on screen, and how it is reflected in people's astro energetics, whether that be through astrology or human design, or when I can, I'll be pulling in astro cartography and looking at kind of the energetics around the world that people are dealing with on their various cast trips that come up. So very Pluto and Aquarius structures as we know them are shifting. I am going to be on the lookout for another co-host because I do think that, um, conversation is just more interesting. And I also want to be hearing more from you, the listeners, your views, your takes, your astro insights. So yes, I'll be thinking this through as we move along. But to get to our episode today, there's been so much that we've missed in the Bravoverse. I mean, um, Ultimate Girls Trip, has come and gone. Salt Lake City is over. So of course I can't cover everything we've missed from the past month of watching, but we're going to focus on some of the main things that stuck out to me. And before we even get into that, let's talk about what's going on in the cosmos right now, because there's a lot of intense energy. You know, what's interesting about astrology is that it's not going to affect everyone the same way. And when we hear these astrologers talking kind of universally around what is happening, yes, there are themes, there are um, cycles. It's what astrology is. It's telling time through cycles. But it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So on a communal scale or on a global scale, while we may see certain themes, when it comes to us individually... Um, we 
we're not going to all be feeling the same. So I saw a lot of astrologers online talking about how with Pluto leaving Capricorn, a lot of people are going to feel this like this breath of fresh air, this release. And I'm sure that has been the case for a lot of people. However, for just as many people, things have gotten intense. Pluto is shifting from one house in your natal chart to another. And where that tension, where that pressure, where that power, that um, that death, that rebirth, that renewal is going to take place is shifting. So that's going to, of course, create a different feeling within each of us. I know for me personally, um, there was a lot of Kind of at the end of last year, there was a lot of anxiety um, there was a point of depression. And now I'm just starting to kind of feel like myself again. So just know um, when everyone's talking about, oh, you should feel great, this and that. Um, if you don't, that's perfectly OK, too. So Pluto moved into Aquarius on Saturday, the 20th of January. That was a big day astrologically astrologically, because not only did we have Pluto move into Aquarius, but we simultaneously had the sun moving into Aquarius as well. This is known as a Kazemi, when the sun and another planet are at the exact same degree. And with the Pluto Kazemi, to me, it's further emphasizing how big this shift of Pluto is going to be on the global scale. Um, already we see, and again, Pluto strength, um, change, power, regeneration, um, the breaking down to build back up, moving from Capricorn structures, institutions, um, the man, so to speak, into Aquarius, literally the opposite of that community, humanitarianism, we the people energy. So already we're seeing labor unions, public rising, the public rising up against injustices of the Capricornian system. We've got Condé Nast strikes. We have people getting very upset, rightly so, about the Oscar nominations that are just like holding on to this Capricornian white male dominated structures that we've seen. We also have immigration protests in France. This is just to name a few, right? So there's going to be a lot of change and change can be scary, but change is also incredible. Change is necessary and it's inevitable. So yes, the energy in the world right now can be very heavy, but my Sagittarian rising self likes to see it from the perspective of shit can get rough before it's going to get better. But this is a very exciting time, truly. And in the next 20 years, we are going to see a lot of things change. And I think it's change that many of us have been wanting to see for a long time. So it's also Pluto and Aquarius. Like, this is the time of power to the people. This is the time when your voice is going to matter. Your actions are going to matter. Gone are the days for now of, you know, what does my voice mean or what does my vote matter? Those things are going to have a weight to them. They're going to have a weight to them that didn't necessarily that it didn't necessarily carry before. 
So I'm very excited to see what this is going to bring for all of us. Um, again, Sagittarian, silver lining. I'm looking on the bright side here. So today, as I record this, it is Thursday, January 25th, and today we have a full moon in Leo. The moons are a cycle, right? Everything in astrology is a cycle, as I said. So this moon, this full moon, is going to kind of look back to the new, the last new moon we had in Leo. This is a full moon in Leo. So if we go six months back to August, I think it was like August 15th or something like that. It was in the middle of August. What seeds were you planting in in mid-August and how are how is what you're experiencing now related to that right so if you're someone who journals look back to mid-August see what kind of the themes were that you were dealing with that was also a very um intense new moon we had Venus retrograde in that mix as well um and this also is set to be a pretty intense lunation so this full moon is making a fixed t-square and all this means is that three of the four fixed signs fixed signs being taurus leo scorpio and aquarius three of those four signs are being activated with planets right now making the shape of a T. Really with any T-square, what we're looking to do is release, there's a release point in the sign that is not being activated. So for this particular lunation, we have Leo being activated by the moon. We have Aquarius being activated by the sun. And then we have Taurus being activated with Jupiter. This leaves Scorpio as our release point. So you're going to want to look to where five degrees um, Scorpio is in your chart. And that's kind of the area of your life that is going to have this opportunity of release with this full moon. This is particularly a great time to shed what is holding you back in that Scorpio, five degree Scorpio area of your life, especially since this lunation is in Leo. Um, where are you ready to be seen? Where are you ready to shine? And what is keeping you from doing so? That's what you're going to want to be looking at right now. Then our final kind of little thing to be noting of that's going on in the in the cosmos right now is on Saturday we have Uranus stationing direct in Taurus. Uranus, the planet of shock, of mixing things up. And like sometimes a, sh a sudden shift, like I think of Uranus like an earthquake. You never know what's going to happen. So especially with Pluto having entered Aquarius, again, these are two fixed signs being activated. And it's interesting because these two signs, Pluto, rebirth, um, a shift in things how we know it, Uranus, upheaval, in fixed signs, fixed signs don't like change. So I feel like the next few months, we're going to have a lot of sudden shifts 
and changes, kind of like an earthquake that just keeps having the shocks over and over and over again. Yeah, so particularly what I'm going to be looking out for with um, Pluto and Aquarius. Aquarius themes are, yes, community and um, power to the people, but it's also technology. It's advancement, innovation. And Taurus has a lot to do with money, material possessions. Um, so I'm really interested in seeing over the next few months what's happening with cryptocurrencies, what's happening with just non-traditional avenues of money, NFTs. Um, I mean, I'm not so involved in that world, so I don't even really know what I'm going to be looking out for. But those are the kinds of things to look out for. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So lots of big things happening in the in the world right now, as we know, in the sky right now. It's a lot. So if you're feeling a lot, know that you're not the only one. And um, I would definitely encourage everyone to, if you don't already, Find a practice of centering and grounding because with these fixed signs getting shaken up, areas of our lives that we're used to being the same or that we're, we prefer and find more comfort in the same are going to get, um, they're going to be feeling it. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So definitely breath work, meditation, working out, like whatever it is, figure, find a healthy way to help regulate your nervous system. A really easy way is just taking an ice pack. It's cold for many of us right now, but taking an ice pack and putting it on your chest, on your vagus nerve, this is a great way to regulate your nervous system. As I said, breath work and even just introspection, although sometimes introspection can lead to spiraling. And that's when some things like meditation um, can help kind of ground us again. All right. So with that, let us get into the shows. That's what we're here for, right? And as I said, so much has happened. So much has happened since we last recorded. Well, a recap episode, really, because we had the cosmic forecast for the year. Then we had the Beyonce bonus. So, wow, a lot has come and gone. And I cannot, I can't even remember it all, let alone speak to it all. But here are some of the things that I found really interesting. Of course, like we just have to start off with Salt Lake City because wow. And I put a poll on the Instagram the other day just asking, you know, do you guys want to see Monica back? Do you want Monica back? And there was a resounding, I think like 50% said, yes, you guys do want Monica back. Oh, a little less than 50%. But a lot of people loved the chaos. And then it was kind of split. So I'd say like 40% wants Monica back and the other 60% is split between like kind of on the fence and absolutely not. Here's what I think is interesting about the Monica situation. All we know about Monica is that she has a Taurus son. So we really don't know that much about her. But that alone tells us that this full moon, this full moon is activating her through a square. Because again, Taurus is a fixed sign um, and this full moon is happening 
on a fixed axis that happens to be squaring Taurus. So one way or another, by sign, this full moon is activating Monica. And, you know, I posted that she was fired. She actually wasn't fired, but she was not invited back. What did Andy say? I think his words exactly was she's taking a cooling off period, which to me says Monica will be back in the future. Andy clearly loves her. Like the woman is coming back in one form or another, I would say. Some other things that stuck out to me from the reunion. I mean, unfortunately, again, like all we know about Monica is that she's a Taurus. So you can't really look at her specific sinistry with each of these ladies. However, some things we can look at specifically is, ugh, and again, ugh, we miss so much. I'm just going to be like kind of rattling off random things that stuck out to me. So someone else who's on the fence of whether they're coming back or not, although I don't really think it's on the fence because even if Mary doesn't want to be involved with any of the cast and basically doesn't like anyone other than Meredith, Mary's not going anywhere. She's just like, she's the comic relief, whether she takes it as an insult or a compliment. So here's the thing about Mary. <laughs> There's something about Mary. And that's something about Mary is that moon in Aries. I mean, we don't know her exact time of birth. But at least by sign, it is opposing her Mars and Uranus in Libra. That energy is, I am going to say whatever I want. It's also kind of this, like, this not understanding that what you're saying is not diplomatic. Um, you know, Libra is like this very diplomatic sign. But when we have this tug and back and forth with Aries and Libra, it's kind of this, like, where is that balance? And with Uranus in the mix and Mars in the mix, it's not so balanced. In fact, it's quite unbalanced, especially when it's pulling back to her Aries emotions, just shooting from the cuff, not thinking before she acts Mars on something. It's just like, it's so wild to me that Mary so is so quick to offend other people and yet comments that are actually meant as a compliment, like Angie saying, your comic relief, she takes as an insult. And I think it's really like, number one, Mary's got her Mercury in Scorpio. So I think she just like kind of just feels like people are coming for her because she, in her mind, is coming for other people. That Mercury is sextiling her Venus in Virgo. So it's like this need to be perfect yourself, but constantly calling everyone else out for their imperfections. And then, as we've talked about many times here before, she's got Neptune in Sagittarius. Neptune kind of um, these rose-colored glasses that we wear. And in Sagittarius, which is a generational placement, so a few of these cast members and many of the housewives throughout the um, housewife universe have this placement, but it does add this air of my view is the correct view. Coupled with a Venus in Virgo and an Aries moon, Mary... Mary has herself on a pedestal. Let's put it that way. And maybe there are also some underlying kind of mm, traumas and uh, traumas and insecurities with that Chiron and Aries as well. Also opposing 
the Mars, the Uranus. There's the sense of being above other people. And then there's also kind of this underlying current of hurt and fear. And being a child, I don't mean Mary's a child, but like the like the her inner child feeling like it has to defend and fight and constantly protect itself. Maybe she didn't have someone protecting her while she was growing up. So those are my thoughts on Mary. Um, Just such a fascinating creature. I do enjoy her there. It's wild to me that she thinks that calling Heather inbred, or like that like Heather looks inbred, she sees that as less of an insult than her house being, um, or like her decorating being, attacked but again that venus in virgo like her style needs to be precise perfected even if it is a little kooky i'm kind of surprised there's no um aspect to aquarius hitting her um her venus something else that stuck out to me was whitney mentioned that her and justin you know we've seen them kind of hit this rough patch in their relationship whitney mentioned that they've been married for 14 years and we've heard of the seven-year itch but saturn um is a cycle of seven years well it's a full cycle of about 28 years but every seven years you're going to get a harsh aspect of saturn and Every event or every um, everything has a birth chart. Again, astrology is just telling time. It is understanding what's coming through the telling of time, through cycles. If we took the exact date and time of when Whitney and Justin were married, we're now 14 years out from that. So Saturn is opposing where it was when they got married, an opposition being a difficult aspect to handle. And it does not mean that they're going to get divorced, but it does mean that things are going to have to change. Structures, again, as as the relationship knows them, are going to shift and morph and um, need to be reestablished. They're not the same, and they are going to have to adjust to that. They, she said that they had um, issues previously in their marriage that they've worked through. I'd be curious to know if that was around the seven-year mark. But yeah, that was another thing that just kind of stuck out to me. Um, and then the last two things that I noticed, well, first of all, Angie activating Meredith, I thought was interesting because we've kind of seen that throughout the season between the two of them that, I mean, especially that dinner with the rumors and the nastiness. Okay, wait, hold on. I loved that all of them were doing each other's accents and they were all just laughing at it. Like it wasn't something that they took offense to. And I really do feel, as Heather said, like Monica bonded all of them through having this common enemy of her. And you really see the rest of the group come together in what I'm hopeful. You know, I, I've said this before. Like I like when a cast gets along. There's still going to be drama. There's still going to be shit that comes up. Anywho, to get back to Meredith and Angie... Honestly, like I do think that these two can be friends. I think they just kind of need to get over it and then they can be friends. They both have Venus and Capricorn. They love finer things in life. They love working. They're both kind of down there. They've got this down to earth energy about them, even though they're both bougie. 
Meredith's North Node is conjunct Angie's Jupiter. So really, Angie has the potential to help activate Meredith's growth in this lifetime. However, that same placement of Angie's Jupiter in Aquarius happens to be trining Meredith's Saturn in Gemini. Saturn in Gemini, Gemini being a sign of gossip, Gemini being um, a bit of a troublemaker, you know, ruled by Mercury, a bit of a troublemaker. And we see Meredith time and time again, kind of like dropping these hints of possibility, of possibility of rumor. These She doesn't straight out say it, but she plants the seeds. And with um, that trining Angie's Jupiter kind of just like um, exacerbating that need to to bring up the rumors and the nastiness, even though she's not necessarily exactly saying what those things are. Yeah, I am also, you know, I like I've really liked Angie this season. I I wasn't thinking that I was going to be into her, but I do. And I'm curious to see, you know, like we see time and time again, the longer people are on the show, the more comfortable they become showing different sides of themselves and Angie does have her Mercury in Scorpio so I will be interested to see how that comes into play moving forward because she does seem to be pretty above board pretty um straightforward in a diplomatic way I would say um we haven't seen that vindictive, that um, hot stirring beneath the surface. We haven't seen that from her yet. Not that that's going to come through. I mean, again, every sign has its high vibe and its low vibe. But when we put people into these housewives settings, we often get to see a low vibe side of the energy. So, um, yeah, I know this season just ended, but they're going to start filming again Feb 5th and I'm already ready to watch the next season of Salt Lake City like just roll it over I wish this was live like one of those shows that just gets aired every week as it's happening and gets edited like that would be amazing I think the housewives should move to that format or really even all of the Bravo shows Tasha and I met with Toomey recently and she said that the season that just aired they filmed that back in 2022 not even 2023 So that's a long time between when something is being filmed and when it's getting shown to viewers. Even with the Ultimate Girls trips, it seems like they're filmed forever ago and then they get released. So anyway, anyone listening from Bravo, bring it quicker. Four for four. Um, Oh, yeah. Rumors and nastiness. So, I mean, Meredith, I feel like you never know what you're going to get with her. And on a personal note, I don't really ever know when to believe her or not, which I kind of love. Um, I flip flop all the time with her, Uh, like how I feel about her. Was she involved? Now I believe her. And actually, I guess she's I don't know. I guess she is pretty straightforward. But something about her energy gives it this air of suspicion. She does have a Scorpio moon. And to me, that's where that kind of mystery is coming from. I don't really know. I don't really know what she's thinking, what she's feeling. 
what her inner world is. And I kind of love that about her. But I think it's interesting. First of all, when we talk about her disengaging, I actually think when I look at the chart, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but it's actually very on brand, I think, for her energetics. Her Mars is in Pisces. It's a fire, a fiery planet in a water sign. So her her anger, her aggression is going to look very different. And actually, it's probably going to be channeled into other avenues, really, like creative projects, Pisces, the creative, the um, the the visionary, the mat. Yeah, the visionary. But it's like in this in this anything is possible kind of way. It's different from the innovation of Aquarius. So with Mars and Pisces, like I can see that being a very non-confrontational Mars placement. However, it's squaring her sun, Mercury, and Jupiter in Sagittarius. So it's like when she's pushed, when she's pushed and pushed and pushed and maybe add a little alcohol to the mix, she's going to say her opinion. Um, but again, with that um, moon in Scorpio, it's a little veiled. It's a little like, here's a taste, but I'm not going to give everything away. From a human design perspective, and I don't know her time of birth, but just her charts throughout the day has pretty consistent definition in the centers. And she does have a defined throat. So she has this consistent energy coming from her throat chakra, her throat center. So I do think it's funny that she's known for her accents and like these these kind of like voices that come out of her. She also, from a human design perspective, has an open solar plexus. Disengaging in this sense is quite healthy for her because what an open solar plexus is, it means that you are taking in the emotions of 50% of the population. 50% of the population has a defined solar plexus, 50% doesn't. So there is a likelihood that the majority of the women in this group have defined solar plexuses. They're going to have these consistent emotional waves. Now, Meredith with an undefined solar plexus is going to be feeling what everyone else is feeling. Also that Mars and Pisces, Pisces is very sensitive. So like she's feeling what everyone else is feeling. Mars and Pisces, well, Pisces in general, a very spiritual sign, like this connection to things that aren't there, the the unseen, um, but picking up on this energetic level. So yes, she's an open solar plexus. She's amplifying the emotions of those around her. And if you're in a healthy expression of an open solar plexus, you will be aware that what you're feeling is not yours. The quickest and easiest way to clear that out is to leave, to physically remove yourself so that you can drain that energy out of you. Taking a bath is a great way to do that. So I think in a lot of ways, Meredith is like really, really showing a high vibe version She's also showing low vibe versions, too. I mean, with the gossip and the rumors and the nastiness and all that stuff that she's perpetuating, for sure. But when it comes to her disengaging, I do think that that's correct for her. And I think it was annoying to many of us at first, but now it's just, um, it's Meredith. And we love that. We're disengaging. Like, that in itself is going to create problems. So I love that. Someone else who has an open solar plexus that stuck out to me. So we're going to jump over to Miami now. Garrity, my heart goes out to her. 
watching her go through her cancer journey and really the other women like really not being supportive of her is kind of wild. I mean, they're like, yeah, how are you doing? Or let's toast to your margins being clear. But I feel like Martina was getting more support from these women than Garrity is. And that's kind of wild to me. Um, But something that I picked up on was she was watching The Sopranos and Russell was like this depressing. And she's like, I want to feel depressed. Well, Garrity also has an open solar plexus. And sometimes people with open solar plexuses, especially, and I don't know the energetics of her other family members or who she's around on a day-to-day basis, but it can feel with an open solar plexus like you're feeling nothing. Like you can get to these spaces. A defined solar plexus person will never know what it's like to not feel something. I will never know what it's like to feel nothing in the moment. But people with open solar plexuses can be in a state of not feeling anything. And for some people, that's very alarming. And especially since we're told that we should be feeling a certain way or sometimes, yeah, it's like we want to feel a certain way. It actually was healthy and I think helpful for Garrity to put herself into this kind of sad space where she could process the emotions that she was feeling about her cancer diagnosis and the fact that it wasn't all found and, you know, it's not as easy as the doctors initially told her it was going to be. So those are two examples of an open solar plexus people being in alignment with their energy in a way that's healthy for them. In Meredith's case, taking herself out of a situation to clear out the emotions that aren't hers. And in Garrity's place, pulling herself into an emotional state to help process what she's feeling because she doesn't have a consistent wave of doing so. So I thought I thought that was interesting. Then we have Garrity and Larsa, which, wow, the whole season, this has been so cringe. They both have Mars in Leo. but I think we're seeing it come out in such different ways. With Larsa, it's so much about her, 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 how she's being affected, how she feels. With Garrity, it's more like, how are you not seeing what you're doing to me or how you're affecting me? But I did think it was interesting that I think it was, um, I think Garrity said to Larsa, you're always holding on to shit. And Larsa's got her, the sun, Saturn and Mercury in cancer and like cancer, it does hold on to things. Those pinchers, it holds on and it's connected to your emotional state. Um, And even though Larsa has her moon in Aquarius, it's known to be a little more detached. It's also much more in her head. So Larsa probably is just thinking over and over again about like all these things and why she's right. And, um, It's just this vicious cycle of her feeling like she needs to defend herself versus actually listening to what other people are saying to her. Yeah. Moving over to Beverly Hills. And I don't have that much to say on Beverly Hills. I mean, a lot of what we've seen in these past weeks has been esophagate. 
or at least that's what it feels like to me. Um, I will say that my grandmother also has a small esophagus and has like issues where she chokes on her food because like, I don't know, the pipe is too small, I guess. Um, but in this last episode that just aired this week, they're in Spain, España, um, Oh, man, I actually like I love both of the trip locations happening right now. Mexico City is one of my favorite places in the world. And Spain is just incredible. So loving that. But here we have in Beverly Hills, we've got well, like over in Spain, we've got Crystal thinking that she's smarter than everyone else. And this is something that we've seen the ladies say about her in the past. I'm glad we're seeing more of Crystal. I feel like at the beginning of the season, there wasn't a lot of Crystal and she was just kind of being thrown in for like a breath of fresh air. Um, I know the ladies don't seem to be so appreciative of how Crystal is choosing to voice herself now as in like calling Anne-Marie, I think she called her a bitch at the at Kyle's event for her friend when Esophagate came up. So it's like she has found her voice, but it isn't necessarily coming across in like a mature, eloquent way. But I am glad that we're kind of seeing more of her and her personality come through. And Crystal, it's interesting because like as much as Aquarius is about community, it also is like very detached. It's this detached and separate energy, kind of like the hermit on the outside of the community um, who helps advance things but isn't necessarily revered or acknowledged. Um, so she has this like detached Aquarius sun, which happens to be squaring at least by sign her Scorpio moon. And that Scorpio moon, again, it's going to dig. It's going to dig. And so I totally could see her saying, um, especially since that moon is also potentially sextiling. Well, it's definitely sextiling by sign, but potentially an actual sextile to her Mercury. She's going to say and that Mercury is in Capricorn. So her sun, her ego, her moon, her emotions, and her Mercury, her intellect are all having a conversation with each other and are all coming into play at the same time so is her mars which is um trining her moon so crystal does have the ability to offend and to cut deep um what i think is interesting is that she's at least seemingly not aware of what she's saying or the effect that it's having on other people. She does also have that Neptune in Sagittarius, that um, generational rose-colored glasses about your opinions and your thoughts possibly being more true than they are. Or I should say the ultimate truth, your ultimate truth. They are her ultimate truth. Yeah, she also has Pluto at 29 degrees Libra. So it's like this um, and it's retrograde. So it's this like energy of a more mature Libra. So like maybe someone who's not so on the fence or not so timid as to say what they feel. However, it is retrograde. When you put all of this together, it creates such a fascinating picture and while I do believe that Crystal said these things, what I am 
curious about and I may or may not ever know is like, does she remember saying these things even right after they come out of her mouth? Does she remember saying these things or are they coming out and they're like her true inner thoughts, but she's not even necessarily aware that she's having them. So I'm not sure if I'll ever know the answer to that, but that is something that I wonder just looking at the the energy behind it all. Okay, so moving on from the Bravo sphere over to the realm of peacocks. Last year, I was not into traitors and I watched it. I did mostly because I wanted to see Reza and he got booted real quick. So I was thrilled to see that MJ was on this season. I honestly would love to see actually, and I've been wanting this since Shaz of Sunset ended, but I want to see a show that follows around MJ and her husband, Tommy, and her mom, Vita. I think that would be so entertaining. Anytime the three of them were together on Shaw's, like, it was just so fun. So fun. Like, Tommy, I just love that, like, raw vibe that he has. That just, like, classic angry New Yorker. And then Mercedes is, like, kind of ditzy, but in a very smart way, but just kind of airy and a little bit sloppy and oh I just love it um and then Vita's just very opinionated um so yeah I would love to see that show come to life (laughs) Uh, I do think that MJ is going to be on the agency on Netflix whatever that show is called it might be called the agency but I know she is working at the agency now under Mauricio so um I just love Mercedes and I would love for her to be on my screen as much as possible. So yes, all that to say, I am watching Traders this season, not only for MJ, of course, for our housewives. And then also like the challenge was my gateway into reality TV, I feel like. Like real world, road rules, MTV's the challenge back in the day, still watch it to this day. Um, I'm pissed that Bananas was voted off first episode I get it he's a huge threat but I just find him so entertaining and I love him and CT together and would have loved to see them on this platform together but okay at least we still have CT and there's like a nice little friend connection between CT and Phaedra I did look at their charts to see if there was any synastry there I mean there's nothing that that's that exciting that I can see from first glance to call out I should say like nothing that speaks to this little like instantaneous bond that they have although their sons are trining what else do we see here their sons are trining their moons are sextiling this is all by sign because i don't know their times of birth and they actually their their mercuries are also trining their venuses are in opposition to each other which can be like great or bad but yeah so i think that this little friendship between them is cute i thought there was going to be more of it being shown just because it kept getting brought up but so far it was kind of just the first episode where they were looking at people's pictures together so i do hope to see more of ct and phaedra together i think phaedra is really like the epitome of a traitor I think she was cast so perfectly for the show. She didn't know she was going to be on this season until about four days before because she was filming Married to Medicine and she didn't know if she was going to be able to make it or something like that. I don't know. She said something on Watch What Happens Live. 
But yeah, so Phaedra has her sun, moon, and Mercury in Scorpio. She's so good at hiding her thoughts, her feelings, her emotions. She's got Mars in Taurus. So super loyal as we see when she's sticking up for Sheree and like just the housewives in general don't come after the housewives. That Mars and Taurus is also this very like steady, steadfast, grounded, kind of like tiger stalking, waiting to jump energy when it's the time to do so. Mm, she also has Saturn in Cancer. So again, this kind of like mama bear, don't fuck with my people, like setting boundaries around who she's protecting versus who is on the outside and who, you know, is an enemy kind of energy. I just like I love this for Phaedra and I do like I totally could see her winning this I don't even remember how someone wins I like I know that the traitor wins if they're not caught or like picked by the group but yeah I guess I'll have to wait and see um then we have what I thought was really fun was both Larsa and MJ like immediately picked Dan as the traitor. You know, like they they didn't get to vote him out, spoiler alert, yet, but um they totally pinned him. I think I have MJ's birthday, but who knows what Google if what Google's telling us is real or not. I could see her totally being someone with a, a fake birthday on the internet. Um, but some things that stick out to me right off the bat, I mean, we're pretty familiar with Larsa's chart. She's got, um, a lot of cancer placements. And what's interesting is I think MJ and Larsa actually have some, mm, it could be like great or very triggering synastry with each other. Anyway, what is it about these two that sussed out Dan? Is it their Mars and Leo? Like, were they able to just, like, identify and protect the pride? Was it their cancer placements? Again, like, mama bear energy protecting your family, um, your people? Or is it that Gemini energy of, like, being that social butterfly who picks up on those energies? Or is it their potentially both air sign moons that again are like picking up on these unspoken vibes that just exist within the social structure we know larsa has an aquarius moon and mj either has a virgo moon or a libra moon mm. i kind of feel like mj is more of a libra moon than a virgo moon just because she kind of has this, it's like this unpolished energy about her, which does not seem Virgo moon to me. So I'm not really sure, but that's what I'm seeing when I look at their charts. And episode five is going to air tonight. So by the time this out, there will be another episode to dig into. Um, But yeah, that's kind of all I have. I did, I mean... Like I said, I love CT. In fact, let's just give CT a moment. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's been on MTV for like a trillion years. He was on The Real World. 
I don't remember what season, but he used to be so angry and aggressive and just like, like super Boston bro. Um, and he's like in his, in his years and growth and all this stuff, he's matured into this kind of like quiet, reserved powerhouse. I just absolutely love him. Um, so let's see. CT. CT actually is a cancer son. He is a cancer man, which we know don't fare very well in the Bravo verse. But I feel like CT, even though Peacock is Bravo adjacent, I feel like CT is going to be able to give cancer men. He's going to be able to redeem them because he's like such a good guy. He's so he's so good. What a little sweetie that he's grown into. He's got a lot of Libra placements, or I should say he's got Pluto and um mars in libra so i feel like he's very good at being diplomatic kind of playing both sides of the fence also going under the radar kind of sneaking by under the radar he's got saturn jupiter and the moon in virgo so he's very precise about his actions very um thoughtful in how he moves through the world and the dude's got his north node in leo like he was just meant to shine so, yeah, I love that. I love that all of these people that are aging out of the challenge are going to have somewhere to grow into. And, um, yeah, I don't watch Big Brother. I don't watch Survivor. But I am really enjoying the season of Traders so far. So that's kind of all I got for this week. It was jumping around a little bit. Um, we're going to tighten this up. I'm not used to having a conversation with myself. Um, but yeah, please let me know. Shoot me a DM at the Cosmic Clubhouse. What do you guys want to hear? Who do you want to see breakdowns of? I'm a sacral being. I'm here to respond. So give me things to respond to. But that's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe, follow along on Instagram at the Cosmic Clubhouse. I'm going to be doing more polls over there, more. Just again, like looking for things to respond to, getting your feedback, being more Aquarian. You know, Pluto's an Aquarius. Let's make this more of a communal endeavor because this show never was just about me. Like this is for us to learn and to grow through these people that we enjoy being entertained by so much. So for now, I'll be signing off, but I will see you back here same time, same place next week. 